I had a fry every day this summer. Working on building sites. You know, now again, we didn't win, so maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been there the food and the pasta. <laughs> OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. How are you all doing? Um, we're delighted to be here in Vincent's. We've got Shane Walsh with us. We've got Shawnee O'Shea. We've got Tyke Leader. We're going to have a bit of a chat here. Um, American football is touching down in Dublin, and you don't want to miss it. The Aer Lingus College Football Classic will see the Northwestern Wildcats play the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of August. That's all in partnership with Visit Dublin, and tickets are available at ticketmaster.ie forward slash touchdown Dublin. Ty, can you talk us through something like the College Football Classic coming to Dublin? How big a deal is it bringing the game here? Yeah, college football in the States is, is huge. Um, when, I, when I moved across, I, I was uh, rugby, Gaelic football stuff was more kind of my sport, but um, you can't escape it in the States. It, it's, uh, you know, going to a college game, it's, it's not uncommon to get over 100,000 people at, at the big Division One games. And the two the colleges that are coming across are both, you know, well-known colleges, high-end, that produce loads of lads that go to the NFL. So I think, you know, for anyone around here in Ireland, you know, it makes, makes a whole lot of sense to go watch the game because it's going, to be, it's going to be top level stuff. And again, you're going to see a lot of those lads progress through to be playing in the NFL and winning Super Bowls and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, in the States, it's, it's almost like a religion over there. They love it. The, the interest in American football and college football is, is huge in Ireland. Like it's growing all the time. Have you sensed that over the last couple of years? Like you've obviously grown up playing rugby, as you mentioned, played with Connacht. Um, do you know, you, you played at Ireland and underage like when you broke into the American football was it you're probably one of the first to be playing from around here around around yeah you, you when, broke the mold a little bit like you know yeah yeah when, when I you know yeah everyone's introducing themselves the, the, um, the first team I was with when they're introducing them, they'd say I'm whatever from northeast or northwestern or Nebraska or whatever yeah. it may be um, but you know when I say oh I'm a tag leader from Galway Ireland you know they're asking like what, what? like where the hell is that like sure they don't they don't know so yeah it's 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 good that it's grown in Ireland and um, it's definitely going the right direction getting games like this is brilliant but uh yeah I think the more people there's not a whole lot of us in the sport but you know I'm hoping to try and introduce it to more and more people because you know it's such an obvious thing for Irish uh, Irish lads to because we're naturally we grow up kicking footballs, soccer balls, rugby balls. That's what I did. Um, whereas in the states, to grow up throwing baseballs, basketballs, American football. So they're not they're not as good at kicking or punting. So in the last say few years, there's, there's been a load of Australian lads, over 100 lads playing in college, and quite a few in the NFL because they all come from AFL backgrounds. So that's been probably going on since like 2007. And when I got into the sport during COVID, it just struck me it was so obvious that well, there's there's room here for for Irish people to get involved. There's just no there's no kind of pathway, there's no knowledge of what it is. And I, I, Joe, I was figuring out as I was going through. I, I had no one to call, so I was just trying to figure it out as I went. But it became more and more obvious, so that's from, kind of, from my end now. I'm trying to see if I can open up a bit of a pathway for more Irish lads to get involved and um, get kicking footballs, get, you know, get scholarships, get to play in those 100,000-seater stadiums. Get to, like, it's a phenomenal experience. And like, you know, ex- uh, they, they, they spare no cost in terms of facilities. Um, you know, for players, it, it's unreal. So, yes, yeah, from, from my perspective, I'm hoping to find more, well, maybe not these two, but, you know, like talent, talented, yeah. talented football lads, talented, uh, you know, someone that can strike a ball, you can, probably, you, can, you can probably try and make a decent fist out of it. Yeah. And when we think about American football and, and college football, it's the atmosphere and the occasion. Like, lads, you've played in some of the biggest days over the last couple of months. You're very welcome here to Vincent's today. Would, would, can you buy into that? Can you fit into that at all? The atmosphere around big days in Crow Park? Yeah, I think so. But the difference to that is it's a college game and they get 100,000, whereas, Incredible. you know, yeah. compare that to a Sigerson Cup game, you might get a couple <laughs> hundred down the Maradike or somewhere. So it's huge for 
I suppose young adults or fellas growing up to be playing in front of that kind of a crowd, it must be an unbelievable experience. Yeah. How did you find striking the uh, American football out there, Shane? Um, yeah, I probably didn't realise it was so technical. Like, you know, as in, you probably, when you're watching the games, like even, you're, you're probably just, you know, you're thinking he's just going to score, like it's in the middle of the goal and you, know, you nearly think it's a banker in, in Gaelic football. Whereas, you know, you, even going through it out there, I was, you're nearly second guessing yourself, even though we've all, you know, we've all kicked footballs, like, but just to go through that technique and I suppose, you know, Tiger was saying earlier, like it's, it's ruthless as well. Like you have to score if you're missing two or three in a row, that could be the end of your, your contract, like so. Yeah, it was interesting being out there I don't know what you all thought watching on from uh, outside some of those balls were dropping wide what were we blaming the wind or was it the surface here there's a beautiful old weather pitch out there uh, we, we do want to thank the rowdy, minor ladies rowdy crowd I think it was I think that's yeah. what it was as well yeah <laughs> we do want to thank the minor ladies football team here in Vincent's who uh, they actually gave us their slot on the all weather pitch yeah. out here in Vincent's like so we got to do a bit of a kicking challenge the Shawnee Edged in the end, is that what we said, Tyke? Did he? I just you just tipped it right, but in fairness, the, the, you you were thrown in the deep end there, and I gave him the whole you know making shadowing the ball, making it disappear. So it wasn't easy, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, fair play to them. And it's a strike you about the uh, the difference in striking, kicking a ball, striking a ball. Like what what is the main difference there when you're looking on angles? I I, I just when I was kicking the Gaelic football, um, you know, the two lads, you kind of you know for if for target, you know, your hips are. You know, kind of stacked towards the sideline and kicking across your body to target. Um, whereas in football, it's very robotic and it's very square. So your your hips and shoulders are always aligned to the target, um, and that's just that's just you have to do. Because I said I was saying earlier, you have like 1.3 seconds, you know, between the ball being snapped down, kick. Um, so you have absolutely no time. So you can't be, you know, you can't be arcing around. You're going straight to the thing um, as quick as you can. So. Yeah, there's a lot, lot, lot of, lot of, dif- lot of difference in terms of angles and approach. But then when it comes to the actual strike component, you know, I mean, it's either sport, foot at a good angle, hitting the foot, in the, hitting the ball in the right part of your foot, right part of the ball, and finish forward. You know, those things translate. Hence why, you know, I think Irish people can be quite good at the sport of American football. But it's on the approach, and I think, you know, as you Shane, you were saying particularly a few times, you found it quite hard to kind of get your get get going into the ball because you were so close, right? It's the it's the angle. I assume that that was. Yeah, it was, that's, that was probably the big thing because normally we're so used to, like even for me, like I always kind of create, try and cr- mimic what I do when I'm running with the ball because a lot of the time you might only have a game where you have a couple of frees, so like, Joe, what are you doing with the rest of your kicks? So I always try and mimic that so it's in motion, whereas kicking the American football, I was literally trying to walk into rigidly, so it was it's a different kind of challenge. Yeah. You're, uh, you're working on creating a pathway for more Irish kids to get involved in playing college football and striking the ball. You feel like the potential is out there. David Shanahan, a young lad in Kerry, who's obviously found a circuitous route into the game, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he went down to, to Australia to, to get out to America. Um, he was a couple of years younger than me, though, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know him. But so he's out in college on a scholarship in America, so I'd say he's he's having a good time of it. Yeah, yeah. Who gave him the map? Going to Australia to America. <laughs> <laughs> But that's why that's why I'm trying to find a way so Irish lads don't have to go to Australia. They, you know, we can try and figure it out here. Um, you know, lads can stay here and keep you know be trained locally because um, that's mad isn't it like go to Australia to go to the States uh, so you know if we can make it a bit more of a straightforward path and, and, and that's what I'm trying to do over the next say two weeks leading up to the, the college game I'm doing uh, kicking events across, across the country um, in Galway, Dublin, Limerick, Cork and hopefully Belfast just where people can come out and um, just have a few shots field goals like you lads did and then put them through a bit of a 
a bit of a competition, and then the best kickers from there, you know, they get the chance to uh, kick in the Viva Stadium, and then um, the win uh, at halftime for some of them during the college games. So that'll be a good experience for some lads that maybe you know could be playing junior football and not used to playing in front of a big crowd. If you can kick it straight, as far as you lads went back today, I, I don't think we'd be going back that far because that was a pretty 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 big distance. So, but yeah, my thing, I'm hoping that um, get a lot of people involved enjoy it and then for those that perform pretty well they get to kick in the stadium at half time and then the winner of that overall will get to, you know, get to head over to the States Erlingus or Compton or taking care of a nice prize flies to Chicago wow. um, go to the game and things like that so yeah it's just about on the, with this college game happening um, it's a great opportunity I guess for me to try and you know, use, use the awareness and things like this to, to build awareness of that so yeah I'm Generated hoping that I, yeah. Is there an age limit on this? Like, uh, like what are you looking for? Because the most famous story here is the Miami Dolphins and Ron McGarra isn't it? Yeah, well, was, I think I've, I've asked a few lads. Um, now, we did have Rog in the record about this back in a road show in Cork in, in 2015, and there was something there. I don't know how... how I believe it, there was chats, but I'm sure it was more so contract yeah. negotiations, because yeah. trust me, it, it's, it's totally... It's to, like, obviously, Rod, he's world-class, don't get me wrong, but um, being world-class for Ireland over in the States, you know, they, a lot, they, don't, they don't respect rugby probably, you know, a lot of people that play rugby in the US maybe weren't good enough for football, or that's like their, you know, that's what they have in their head, so um, it's, weird, it's weird how they kind of see it, but no, I mean, if any man could have done it, it would have been him, um, so. Did, but, you, you know. did you find that transition tough? You did it during COVID, didn't you, going from rugby to football? Yeah, yeah, um, didn't, didn't, re- didn't really realise what I was getting myself into, um, because my dream was always to play, to play professional rugby, and I, I was doing it for quite a few years, loved it. Um, and then it was just the idea of doing something new. I thought it'd be easier because I could kick the ball through the goalposts, so that's the job, right? But uh, you know, the fact that I was Irish, the fact that I didn't go to college, um, definitely, definitely was kind of tough you know, to break down those barriers because they haven't had an Irish lad do it. Um, there is some lads in colleges, which is, mm. which is the right way to go about it, and what I'm trying to do, because I try to go straight into the pro game, um, without the college background, and um, I'm, I've got myself in, and I'm still a part of it all. But uh, you know, it's just—it was really obvious to me that I want to try and help, like, create a pathway for Irish lads to do it at a college level, like Dave Shanahan. Because if you if you can get out to college, it's obviously easier. There's a few hundred colleges. There's only 32 NFL teams, so if you can get guys getting to colleges, get educated, and get to and get to play in those arenas, get experience, and then hopefully, you know, it's more natural progression to try and kick on to the the NFL. Okay. What can we expect on Saturday the 27th between the Northwestern Wildcats and the Nebraska Cornhuskers? There's a bit of a tradition building up here now. It's a couple of years in a row we've had fantastic games taking place in Dublin. What do you expect? Uh, I mean, yeah, both programs are huge programs, like Northwestern um, around Chicago and then obviously Nebraska. They, they're both in the, the, the Big Ten Conference, so that, that's a renowned top conference in the, in the US. Um, like, the, the, they're... The athletes is probably the thing that stuck out to me the most, um, just how, how dynamic and stuff they are. So I think you know, getting there, getting down to the Viva and seeing them firsthand, you'd be very impressed. I know it's a, we, a lot of Irish kind of struggle with the, they say it's quite stop-start, but like, there's such a spectacle going on around that. And um, you know, there's, there's just there's so many things, ha- it needs to be stop-start because there's so, you wouldn't believe you know, the coaches are all mic'd up and they're telling the quarterback what to do. And I didn't realize that until I started playing the amount of stuff going on, which makes sense why it's so slow. And TV timeouts, yeah. um, they're, not, they're not ideal. But anyway, um, it has to be done to, to, to make it work. But uh, no, just, it, just to see these kind of types of athletes up, up, up close, as I said, coming from, from rugby and being involved in Connacht and then over in the US, you know, you're around big lads, good athletes, but the, the football guys, like the big guys are way bigger and the fast guys are way faster. So it's, it's, you know, it's cool to kind of see it up, up close. Yeah, I'd say that's amazing. Lads, when you heard Ty talking there about the, the 1.3 seconds that's there to take a kick, 
you know, the likes of Stephen Cluxon isn't going to get away with taking 70 seconds to take a free, or <laughs> maybe Rory Began or Niall Morgan. Would that be something that you'd find very difficult? Like, you, you have your processes, obviously, to go through when you're taking your strike. I think, Sean, you were saying nine steps back, chain your seven, you have no way of doing it. Yeah, I think the big difference, though, is that, like, someone's throwing the ball and they're placing it down for you, so you don't actually know, you're starting to run up and you don't know where the ball is. Whereas for us, we're in total control of it. We're putting it down, we're taking our steps back, we can see it at all times. So that's probably the big difference is you don't know, you're running up to the ball, you don't know where it's going to be. Like you have serious trust in, yeah. in the snapper and the person placing it for you to, to make sure they're putting it in the right place or you'd be, you could be cut out bad if you're, if you're running up to the ball and it's in the wrong place. Yeah. Shane, do you fancy it? Yeah, it's actually funny because like in training, actually a good bit though, because like... The lads do be slagging me about taking my time, taking freeze as well. So, um, uh, but it's funny because we would have had different scenarios in training where Keane might have said like seven seconds kicked it free, and like you're kind of saying, well, my routine takes thirty seconds. So I'm kind of saying, what am I going to do? Like, you know, so it does get you thinking a bit more. And you know, but again, it goes back to the uh, the kick, I suppose, for me. But yeah, it's it's definitely different that kind of time frame. You'd always back yourself, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ty, have you something to work with the two lads before we let you go? Uh, no, fair. Just they they put the ball between the pipes. That, that's that's the that's the that's the main piece. But um, now, as I said, like I expected the lads to be handy at it. Um, and it, but uh, again, going back to it, I expect most Irish people would be quite handy at it. So um, yeah, just hopefully, hopefully, you know, a bit of awareness through this. We can go, try and get some people out to the to the events we're running and um, brilliant. Yeah, see where it goes. Somewhere. Where can people check that out? Um, if you just go to leaderkicking.com, so that's my surname, and then just kicking. It's easy. And uh, from there, then you'll find the events. First one's in the Sport, Sport Ireland campus this weekend, and then the next, and then Saturday, and then in Galway on Sunday. But anyway, leaderkicking.com, you'll find all the information. And it's a fun thing because Irish people are curious about it, or just, just in general, like you're kicking football. It looks easy, like you said, it looks easy. Um, but when you do it, it's not as easy as you might think. So people are curious. So go to leaderkicking.com, check it out there, and you'll find an event relatively close to you. And um, yeah, you can go from there. Brilliant. Tag leader, put your hands together, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, lads. Do you feel the pressure out there a little bit with the kicking? Yeah, it's tough, wasn't it? Great. <laughs> you had a club game at the weekend with uh, uh, Ken Mayer. Yeah, we played Saturday night, so we were brought back down to reality, I'm afraid. We first round in the club championship, we, we lost, so we're under pressure now. With Nguyen. Is, it a, is it a group set up in Kerry this year? Or what? Yeah, there's two groups of four in a senior club championship, so we've got two more games left. We spot this weekend now, so chance okay. to try and redeem ourselves a bit. Best of luck on yeah, that. Sean had a head start out there. I, I haven't kicked the ball in two weeks. <laughs> you, you were on your holidays last week? Yeah, I was. I was yeah. Where'd you go? Out to Torminos there in Spain, so it's nice, yeah. nice to get away. Did you leave the phone at home? Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all kind of blown up, Shane, in the last 10 days, two weeks, hasn't it? Uh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, f you found Vincent's all right today? You got here? You found it okay? Yeah, no, in fairness, they're, they're, they're welcome now. There were a lot of yeah. uh, papers been thrown out in front of me, but I don't know what there was on them. <laughs> yeah. Talk us through, what happened after the All-Ireland final? Is this something, the, the transfer from Kilcarran, Clamburn to Kilmacook Croaks? Has this been in the pipeline for a while? Has it just come up? What's, what's going on? Uh, no, yeah, look, I suppose... Obviously, I was saying like it's circumstantial, I suppose, like the fact that probably I, I'm not 21 years of age anymore and kind of flying around the place. Um, do you know, that, that was probably a big part for me, you know, moving up to Dublin, going back to college and that. And, do you know, it was, it was probably, it didn't really stem until probably maybe February, March time. I, I started to pick up a couple of niggles around my hips and my back and, 
you know, it just it was starting to take the enjoyment out of it. And you know, I was coming up from training, and sometimes I wasn't able to train, and there was nothing worse than driving two and a half hours down the road, and then you're tight, not able to train, and you're literally getting physio and going back up again. And you know, for me, anyone that knows me knows I love playing football, and like that's what it's all about for me. I want to play football for as long as I can. And as I said, it might have taken 21 years for Galway to get to an Iron Final, but I, I can't, I mightn't be able to go another 21 years playing football. But I love the idea of it. Like that's that's for me what it is. And look, this for me is a personal decision. I'm hoping to prolong my career, shortening the the travel distance for the period I'm up in Dublin. But as I said, like I'll be back down to Kilkenny Club in the future. Yeah, that, like it's it. Put the club in the context for us. It's a, it's a small enough club in Galway playing intermediate at the minute. Yeah, we are. I, I'm flagging outside. Uh, like we're um, telling Brendan outside that like we're we're probably known for our ladies now at the moment. Like yeah. our ladies, all our champions. So, um, but yeah, look, we're we're a small club and like John numbers out in the rural areas are, are dwindling as well. So it is tough going. Like and I said, like but I suppose it's the it's the travelling. I suppose that it, no one kind of sees. Like everyone sees you out playing. Like Joe, you don't really see the work that goes in behind. And like there's so much work that goes in when you're trying to train and prepare. Like and commitment's probably a big thing for me. That Joe, when you're there you have to be there like and you kind of the people saying oh train here there and everywhere like but for me like when you're part of something you're there all the time like and just for me I know I wouldn't you know, I just wouldn't enjoy it if I'm getting injured and not playing what could I make to anyone and the only person that's probably feeling sorry for themselves is me like you know because you're not you're injured you're not able to play something you love doing something you dreamed about doing since you were you know since I was born basically like so mm. so it's a process a transfer in, in Gaelic football, it can be protracted sometimes, but it's in Crow Park at the minute. Uh, you put the request in, and, and that's kind of where it is at. Is that is that is that where it's at? Yeah, that's so that's too late, that. for, yeah. too late for Vincent to throw their hat in, is it? <laughs> Having a clue though, but uh, no, I w- I'm not great in the technical side. You yeah. saw me outside there trying to kick the yeah, American yeah. football, so uh, yeah, no, it's looked as a process going on at the moment, and I suppose, yeah, that's that's best where luck. it's at. Best luck, Sean. Is there many boys in the Kerry squad living in Dublin and traveling home for training? Not at the moment, I'd say no. Not really. Um, no, there was a couple a few years ago. Jack Barry was in, in UCD, yeah. but... Very hard. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of like the, the Donegal squad of 2012. A lot of them were in DCU and travelling back that year. Some of the Galway lads, Thomas Flynn would have been in DCU for a couple of years, travelling back. A lot of the common lads have been based in Dublin. It's, it's a huge part of the game, teams travelling back at inter-county level, never mind club level. My point is the dubs don't know how easy to have it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's totally different for us. I was just saying there earlier, like we were coming out, getting a taxi over from the city today, seven kilometres. I was thinking, and that'll be 10, 10, 12 minutes or half an hour later, we're still sitting in traffic like so. Bit of a change for us, all right. You're not a city boy, are you? No, definitely not. Okay, okay. Um, what's the last couple of weeks been like for you? Like, you know, uh, you're into club action. You weren't as bad as the Cliffords in uh, Fossett yeah. right, straight away on the Sunday. No, we got two weeks off in fairness, but um, that's been incredible. Like it's, I think obviously the week after the All-Ireland was probably the best week of my life. Um, First of all, just the relief of it, I think, on the Sunday night to, to have won. But then when you're going around the county, like the, the buzz around the place, the reception you were getting in all the different towns, we did, we did a fairly good tour of the county you now. We, we made it the most corners, so um, it's hugely enjoyable. Like just to, I suppose, see the reaction from, from all the people of Kerry, I suppose, you know, people were kind of messing with us saying, sure, we were talking about a famine in eight years, like, but it actually felt like that when we got home, the, the relief from people and just, the, I suppose, the joy. But um, on Sunday, I think it was relief. And then as the days went down, it was nearly, you could enjoy it and the enjoyment of, of having won. We might come back to that relief in a second, but what, what was it like going back to Camere? Because you're obviously co-captain with Joe Connor this year. Uh, yourself and Stephen O'Brien brought it home. Yeah, it was class. Um, very special. We went back to Camere on a Wednesday. So we went to Stacks with Joe on the Tuesday. We came on to Camere on the Wednesday with a great night. Um, 
I don't know, has there ever been as big a crowd in Khmer than there was like the square in Khmer was jointed. Um, it was just really, really special. So we actually, we ate out in the golf club, which just outside the town, we walked in then. Um, and Stephen O'Brien lives in, in the middle of town on Shelburne Street in the top of town. So we stopped outside his house for a picture, like it was a class, class snap now. Um, and then just went down through the town. You know, you're meeting people who you've known since you were a small fella who, who've helped you out and just people from, from home who are really, really just overjoyed for you. And it was just, it was really special time. It was something that we'll remember, I'd say, for a long time. Yeah, I can imagine. Shane, the, the journey for Galway this year, hard luck, you just fell short on that Sunday. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here with the two of you and it's, you know, we're only two couple of weeks on from an incredible performance from two teams in that All-Ireland final. Am I right in saying Porrick Joyce stopped the Galway bus on the way home and said, we're not going by the motorway, we're going the back roads through uh, some of the clubs. Did you do that? Did you? Did you yeah, we did. Yeah, it was actually, look, it, it you was... You had a bit of a homecoming too, like. Yeah, we did. It was, it was a weird one because like, uh, even like, I said like the support we got at the home like as in it was I I, you know, I suppose uh, obviously our first all Ireland final to be in as a group like and like it was actually class like as you know there was people just their goodwill like you know the good, people are going like all and I suppose it was growing and growing as the games were going on and I think like the Armagh game was probably the one that really pe- got people on board as well and you know just it was class we stopped in Ballinasloe we, we ended up in Kilraren as well and you know it went into Tume and uh, it was just anywhere there was could be stopped <laughs> anyone that was looking to uh, put on the show for us like you know it was lovely like and went into Pierce Stadium then and uh, it was class like it was like I can only imagine what it'd be like if the results had went a different way but um, look it was a nice way to kind of come back from it because it kind of took the sting out for the small bit in the sense that there was all that kind of distraction there and you know, you're kind of you, it, the, you probably didn't experience the full come down of it for another couple of days which is kind of nice in a way because like it can be hard as well when you're losing a game of that magnitude. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like a lot of the talk in the build-up, lads, was I'm not sure how much you're aware of this when you're in your bubble, but was the pressure that was on Kerry like 19, a young team just fall short against the Dubs at the chase five in a row after a replay. 20 caught cold by Cork during that COVID year. 21 Tyrone turn you over and go on and win the All Ireland. The pressure was there, Shawnee. Like the, the pressure was definitely weighing on your shoulders. And Shane coming in to this game, I think people are nearly saying like Galway can't treat this as a free shot. Like, it, it's not a free shot. All Ireland finals don't come along that often. What was your mentality going into the game as a squad? Uh, like, I suppose, Joe, we had a game plan. Like, I suppose the biggest thing we had probably all year was every team we were setting up for, we treated the exact same. So, be it any perceived team that wasn't going to be a contender or any team that was a contender, we treat them the exact same. The analysis done the exact same. And, Joe, in fairness, our game plans were working and, Joe, we were executing it. And, like, that was probably the big thing going into the final was, like, we knew we had the capacity to be, be, you know, to win the game. Like, that was, we weren't going in kind of saying, it's, oh, it's an opportunity. Like, we were saying, like, we were putting pressure on ourselves to, to go out and perform and deliver because, like it was 21 years since Goy was there before like and in fairness like I thought we probably did well probably 55 minutes we probably were executing the game plan a bit and probably just a couple of misses towards down the stretch and you know like there, that's where the fine margins of the game are, are, are won and lost like and but um, yeah look it's been it was some year for us like you know the squad you know the, the, what that's going to do for the rest of the lads like cause, you know I'm the second oldest in the team there like and I don't feel that old but like when you see lads come in the door they're 18, 19 on the panel like you know Imagine what that's going to do for them to bring them on again, and you know, in the challenge is out there now for the rest of the clubs in Galway as well now, because I know everyone now will be starting to want to play for Galway, want to be part of the squad, like, and you know, it's 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 great for us, like, but yeah, it's just a pity we missed out and kind of finishing off the journey. Yeah, you can listen to Shiny. I know he's not letting us in on all the celebrations and and what exactly they were like, but like, 
was it still an enjoyable year? Oh, hugely. Like, in, like, to see where we came from, like, Joe, like 12 months ago, I know from the outside, people would be saying, we just, it was a day, day, 25th of July, we got beaten by Mayo last year. And if you were to say to someone that Gawler going to be in the Iron Final in 12 months' time, they'd be saying, what, what are you on? Like, do you know what? Whereas, like, in fairness, Park got brought in Keane, Joe, uh, Johnson Harris White came in, you know, the setup just everyone grew into it, players were added to the panel and next thing all of a sudden we just it just started to grow and I think the big thing was that, that COVID gone now, we were able to bond as well, like we had a couple of bonding things that we did during the year and that was lovely to do like as you know, I got to meet lads and you know, bond with lads, as I said they were eight, nine years old, younger than me, you know like for me that was, that was a big thing because they want to know what you're like and I want to know what they're like so I think that was a huge thing for us and we were just growing the whole time as a year like and I have never been part of a, as good of a group as what we've had this year like and that's something like even though I know that was the kind of we missed the cherry and the cake uh, in the Iron Final like but other than that like the year was second to none that was the best year of my life Shawnee the, the, the Kerry squad right you had Ganey, Moore and Murphy O'Brien are they the only four with All-Ireland the only four, yeah. they were the only four so like a lot of ye had come through and you were you know talked about at Hogan Cup level at winning minor titles that pressure was building and building. We had James Dunhu and Michael Meehan at a roadshow and James Dunhu tried to say that there was more pressure on you than there was on Clifford and Walsh <laughs> or Clifford and, and Shawnee. But uh, like, does that feed into it? Like, was there, there was pressure on you, like? Um, there was massive pressure on Kerry. Like, yeah, I think it was, is. like, you'd like to black it out, but it's impossible to black out at times, you know, but there was nearly probably an internal pressure as well on ourselves to, to win one night because, you know, a lot of us had success at minor level good few of them had Hogan Cup successes um, and like obviously growing up you're watching Kerry teams win All-Ireland and you just want to follow that um, and like you think going, going forward all you wanted to do when you were young was win one so the pressure that's probably where the pressure came and that's why after the whistle it was just pure relief like it was, that was the word you used like yeah relief. it was just pure utter relief it was like the way it was lifted off your shoulders like and um, because growing up you know, for the majority of our squad, probably all of our squad, it's all you ever thought about and all you ever wanted to do. So to finally do that then, it was, it was just great, like it was special. There's a couple of young lads here at the front, a lot of young lads and, uh, and young girls as well in the crowd here today. For any of them who are thinking about stepping up on that stage and dreaming of it, like you were speaking about it outside the 2E, visualising it and being out in Crow Park and you had that brilliant quote after the All-Ireland final, I don't know how many points you had in you when you said it, but <laughs> do you know, when you're, when you're a young lad, you're dreaming of being in Crow Park, kicking in front of 80,000 people, but when you're in Crow Park, placing the ball down against the dubs, you're trying to imagine being back at Camara as a kid again, striking the ball. Is that a difficult thing to do? Oh, it is, absolutely. Like, you try to do it, but you can't do it totally, like, but you just try and do it to calm yourself down um, and just see... Can you just take yourself out of that moment where there's 80,000 people in the stadium, there's probably 50,000 dubs making a lot of noise, and you try and black that out, um, and just try and get back to... Shaking. Uh, didn't notice that one now in the day, so that, that was okay. Um, but um, just try and black it out and try and get back to a routine, take yourself out of the moment. Like Obviously, you know, it's a level game, last kick of the game, but you're trying to just think, take, take it as a normal, a normal kick, a normal free. It wasn't even that it was the last kick of the game. Like, you had been in a commanding position. You yourself had missed a penalty earlier in the game. So Kerry probably felt like, like externally looking on, that Kerry should have been in control of that game. Costello gets the goal on the break. And that noise, the dubs are coming at you. And you could feel it in the stadium that day. It felt like you were on the ropes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was, you know, we were, it was a four or five points up when we got the penalty. It would have put us, gave us a nice cushion there before half time. Um, but I suppose 
the positive was we, we didn't throw in the towel. We kept at it. They were coming back at us. They got a goal after turnover. The crowd was behind them. They had all the momentum. They were kicking into the canal. The, the wind on the day was going down that way, so they had the wind. Um, we kind of just stuck at it. We said you know, before the game, we knew probably it was going to be a tight game, that we'd keep going, keep going till the end. Um, and thankfully, we just managed to, managed to scrape through it. You mentioned famine earlier on, but it was 13 years since Kerry had beaten Dublin. Was that psychologically a big thing? Um, probably not. Um, not really, because it's 13 years, but like in, that, in those 13 years, was there maybe four or five games, maybe? In, in championship, there wasn't probably a whole Semi-final final game. 13, yeah. there was semi-final 16. Fifth, is there 15 as well? 15 yeah. final. 15 final, yeah. 19 twice. 19, two games. So. 11. It was building up, Sean. Yeah, it was absolutely building up, but again... <laughs> A lot, of our, a lot of our players probably would have only played in 19. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't probably that big a thing for us for 13 years, but I don't know had anyone in our dressing room beaten Dublin in championship at the same time, probably not. So yeah. to get that monkey off the back as well was, was nice. I'd be interested in hearing about the, the mental capacity of blocking out a penalty miss. Is, is it gone like that? Um, well, I suppose we had the two or three minutes for the injury after it, so John the boys are in just telling me to next ball, next ball. Do you think you're in bother with that when the ball broke and you struck it on comfort? No, I didn't at all because the ball was like, it just popped out and I just saw the ball. Like I didn't, mm. I wasn't thinking of anything else, you know, obviously when you saw it down, watching it back, it, okay, it looked, it didn't look great, but like the ball was there now. Obviously after missing the penalty, I'm thinking, oh jeez, I better make up for this <laughs> somehow. Like, so I just sprinted at the ball and tried to, tried to kick it in. Um, maybe if I was a bit, bit cooler, I could have just, Dummy there or something and chipped it over him, but um, no, it was incredibly brave by Evan Cumberford as well to just dive down on it and um, like the ball popped out. So I didn't, I wasn't thinking of anything else. You know, in the moment you don't get time to think, so I just tried to. And, and is it gone then? Um, like you try and forget about it straight away, but you know you're after missing a penalty at the same time. But you know that there's, there's nothing you can do about that now, so you have to just change mentality and say, what can I do next? Next ball, how can I get back into this game? How can I? help the team in the next play um, and then half time came soon, soon after as well so we break and then you just try and go out in the second half with a clean slate yeah yeah. No, and I asked you because we were speaking briefly outside earlier on about being on it and knowing you're on it and it didn't take very long for you to know that you were on it in the All-Ireland final like was it the first free off the ground that got you settled or was it when you got five yards of space and put that first ball over the bar like when did you feel like you were in it in that day like I, I probably like I was like in her nutritious and pouch through here. I like I said it to her that morning, like I, I just like I just said like she was like you're off camera. I was like I said I'm just I'll be fine today, like I'll be you know, it's this I just I probably and like you just talk about putting pressure I probably put pressure it's probably the first time I ever probably put pressure on myself, but mainly because of it has been I'm ten years playing with Galway and it was my first time playing the Iron Final. Like I was like I didn't want to let the day go by. Like that was probably the big thing for me going into the game was like don't let this game go by. I said you've been dreaming about this game your whole life, so do not let this game go by. So that was probably the first thing. And so like that then it was it was the first ball in the space because the 45 I was dreading it because the grass is so short. I was like it's like you're nearly saying just get it up off the ground anyways and and let the curl draw it in like. But um, the first ball in I knew John the way he was going to kick the ball in and it was just about getting off. Tom and once I did that then I, I knew then that the ball was in my court then and you know it was just about making it happen and after that then uh, as I was saying to outside like the, the pitch starts to get shorter and the goalposts start to get wider and you know you know where the goals are and Park always says to me like the goals don't move like so and he wasn't lying I suppose that day yeah yeah you, like it was unbelievable like Sean I presume you can't appreciate it when you're in the middle of it like but you had like Shane doing what he was doing 
And I suppose David, for you, was responding immediately. Like, could, could you feel it that whenever you were getting one, Clifford was responding on the other end? Could you? It was funny. I actually never like. I I probably was too probably cool in the way on the day I didn't take in and like it's in like Joe because even actually one of my mates was just asked me the week after the game he was like Joe he's like did you realise what you were doing I was like I said I realised you kicked the ball over the bar I said like if I didn't kick it over the bar I'd be kind of saying Joe but flip it anyway it's like but do you know um, do you know I was probably just thinking when can we get the next ball in next ball in like that's why I was just I wanted kind of the ball as much as I could because I knew kind of I was in I was in uh, on a streak like so yeah it's just about trying to keep that going they didn't really pass the ball to you, Shawnee, in the All Ireland final. <laughs> <laughs> Myself to blame for that, I'd say. Yeah, how, how did you find it? Because like that first day, the first strike in that game, just before Shane's forty-five, you had a free, and it just goes wide. Like as we said before, how difficult is it to to just get into it from there? You know. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't catch that one at all. But it was actually I was just thinking back to last week after the All Ireland, I was like, I only hit one in the warm as well. I totally forgot about in the warm with everything going on. To get my usually probably try and get four or five after after deck and warm, but the day that was in it and everything that was going on and it was so much you know, side shows to take longer and maybe a shorter warm up as such. I actually only had one kick off the deck before the game right. and it had the exact same strike, a bit of a bit of a scud missile like so. I saw one out there as well. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there today as well, but um, get the bad ones out of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so <clears throat> just the first strike again, but like. A scan then, you know, yeah. you, you kind of, I try and take it anyways, uh, a kick, a free kick is totally different to the game, like, because I remember talking to Morris Fitz before, and he just used to always say, like, in training, it was unbelievable, like, he, he'd talk to you after training, four or five minutes, do a few kicks, talk to you again, and it was unreal to be learning from him, like, to be learning. What's he saying? About the freeze, he's kind of just saying, like, for 70 minutes, there's someone marking you as tight as they can, they can do whatever they want to, they're pulling, they're dragging, they're, they're close. Whereas you get a free, the game stopped. Now it's kind of your time to, you get a chance to stop the game, take as long as you want, slow everything down. You're in control of the thing. Then there's only one man with the ball in the field, and that's you. So go into your own routine there, take as much time as you want, and just settle down. Like he was saying, enjoy those moments because for the rest of the 70 minutes, there's someone dragging you, someone pulling you. You're not getting space. Whereas when you have a free, you know nobody can touch you. So just enjoy those moments where you you have that chance to. I suppose do what you do since you're young for it down the field, just kicking, enjoying it. Like. I was just going to say though, I think it keeps it, like keeps you in the game as well because like Joe, even when you're going through that kind of period in the game, like you, like when you're the free taker, you mightn't have touched the ball for a couple minutes, but then a free happens, and then that's you back in the game again. Like, and that's I think a big thing for I find like that's probably a big reason why I like taking frees is because I like to be in the game as much as I can. But that stood out in your game so far this year because. You know, the talk going into all the Galway games was, was how Shane Walsh going to perform. And there's a lot of talk about that. And again, I don't know how aware, aware of that you are when you're in the bubble. But against Armagh, against Derry, regardless of what was happening in play, and I know you're going to say now, but your tackle count was very high against Derry. But like, you kept your head and you were nailing your freeze. That's massive for the team as well as it is for you. Yeah, like, and I think like it's funny. <laughs> the coach that probably brought that kind of mindset in is down in Kerry at the moment in Paddy Tally. Really, like big thing he used to say to you is like dislocate expectations. Like literally, he said like the joke is I suppose he came in knowing kind of what the talk was about Galway, and then like obviously came in trained us as well in 2018, and like that was probably a big thing for me was like because like you know, it's, it's in the day like there is that talk out there whether it's true or not it's it's there like you know it's like Ant in the media it's like Kerry not beating Dublin in 30 
13 years, that's what's talked about. But I thought that, that was probably the big thing for me that Paddy was really good was like just dislocating expectations. And this so, is defensive coach Paddy Talley now, right? Yeah, <laughs> some defensive coach he was. Yeah. But um, he, in fairness, like I, I, I just think that that for me then like going into games and I said no matter what like and it's funny another Kerry person probably said this to me back when I was a minor. Jar O'Shea said like if it doesn't happen for you, make it happen for somebody else. And like it's funny I was just saying like when Dame was was cleaning up in the semi final like there was no need for me to go in like I don't need to go in and try and do what Dame was doing there if Dame was doing it well and they don't change it let let it be like you know we're going to win the game like you know mm-hmm. that's that's simple and all yeah I'm not kicking fancy scores but go you're winning the game like John in some ways you'd say like Joe I would have taken that in the semi final or in the iron final even though you'd love to play well everyone would love to play well in the iron final and win the game but like it doesn't always happen like and you know unfortunately that was the case for us the last day like and nine seems to be my unlucky number. Oh, gee, yeah, could you kick the same in the Hogan Cup final, yeah. did you? Nine points? We were just going through a strike. We'll put it up later on, but um, there was a, a strike in that game. It's very similar to your third point in the All-Ireland final. What was your favourite point from playing the All-Ireland final? Is that a bad question to ask? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know, I suppose. Like, the... the hard, to, hard to kind of say, like, I said to you outside, like, if you were to say... To before the game that you're going to take shots in there, I'd probably say no. I'd probably working in maybe something yeah. or something. But you're just in the flow. Yeah, you're just you're just in the flow. Like and Joe, you know, I just you know when you know where the goals are and you know when you're hot. Like if your man sends off you, you know the big thing is to make him pay for it. Like but I always probably for me it's probably the one on the Hogan stand probably the one you know a little dummy and cutting in like that's I've always been. Forrest Slags me call me Georgie Best like but it's always trying to sell a dummy here there and everywhere Has Thomas Sullivan lived it down yet the, the bit of a roast he got I <laughs> know ah, look Tom Tom's unbelievable like you know he's, he gets all our big jobs so um, he does doesn't he yeah but like I mean some of those points like there's not a whole pile you can do as a cornerback if your men's kicking points from the sideline like you know there's not a whole pile you can do You're nearly saying go on ahead yeah you, most of the time you are like because you know they're obviously well outside the scoring zone so um a lot of the time, like, you're probably saying, kick them over, and if you get beaten with those scores like that, then you'll have to hold your hand up and say, fair enough, you know, if, if, if they were probably all from 21 or from top of the D, we'd probably be a bit more, bit more concerned, but, like, yeah. they, were, they were serious kicks, like, so we'll have to, have to give them that one. I hear Paddy Talley was helping the forwards tackle this year. Yeah, as far as I always tackle. <laughs> you don't um, agree with this. <laughs> He's not fine at all. <laughs> no, no, like, sure, Paddy, you know, probably... So he was a big addition to the group. Oh, huge, huge, yeah, definitely. Um, so he would have done a lot of, a lot of work with us, um, but both offensively and defensively. Like, yeah, you know, both like, said it's a misconception that he's just a defensive coach. Ah, uh, 100%, yeah. There's yeah. definitely, definitely the balance is, is very good there. Like, so, um, but it's the way the game's gone now, anyway. Like, you know, backs are attacking as much as forwards and forwards have to defend as much as backs. So it's the way the game has kind of gone into a more hybrid model where maybe you might have one or two with a full forward line who might stay up, like, but... Um, in general, everyone else sort of that. It's, it's up and down the field all day. What's the connection like with David Clifford on the pitch and, and Pawdy and the unit there and the carry forwards? You obviously have Killian Splann and Brosnan coming off the bench at different times. Do you work well together? Like, are you working on that a lot, that chemistry up front? I suppose you get it in training and you have, you know, I find the, the informal chats you have two or three minutes after training where you're staying out kicking and two or three you might gather in a certain area and you might talk about this kind of a ball, that kind of a ball. What, what, what way do you like it given in if I'm in this position, what, what run are you going to make? 
they're probably like they're they're so valuable for a group. Those little two or three minute conversations you might have after training, or you might talk about something that happened in training that went wrong. You might have put a pass on the wrong side. You might have put a hand pass maybe back door cut was on or something. You might just have a chat about that and say, right, we'll try that the next day. And, like that's where the the learning is. I mean, there's huge huge value from that. So like those chats where you're sent out after training rather than just kicking aimlessly at the post, you might work on one or two of them then and then didn't go away under your kicking, but that's probably where the, where the chemistry is built. Uh, there's a quote in the paper that we could find, you probably didn't say it, but uh, Ray Silk tells a story about, a, I don't think it was Hogan Cup, I think you were a bit younger, but um, he was coaching in Jarlis at the time, and uh, you, you went through on goal and you skinned four or five defenders. Oh, you had an open goal, you backed up and you went around the keeper and another couple of defenders you put in the back of the net, and apparently at half time he, he reared on you, he had the head of you and he was like, what are you doing, the goal was on. And you just said, I love it. <coughs> I love football. Is that true? Did you say that to him at 15, 14 years of age? It was actually even younger. I was, actually, I was telling him the story, but it was actually <laughs> in primary school. And I always quote the principal. Sorry, I'm <coughs> caught my throat a bit. But uh, no, I was, um, my principal, Pat Brand at the time, we were playing, it was a Tom Lohan Memorial Cup. It was a blitz down in, in um, Glinsk, it was at the time. And we were playing at Roscommon Gym in the final. And... Look, we've played Roscommon loads over the years. That would move. That would move their biggest fans. But um, <laughs> we were playing the final, anyways, and I think we might have been a point or two up down the stretch. And uh, sorry, now, yep. <coughs> <coughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, we was point. We were point two up down the stretch, and got the ball around the halfway, and just you know, started soloing through. Went around a couple of lads, and went around the keeper, and you know, there was still probably a minute left. So I was like. We'll go back out again and just, yeah, went out around the, the defender and the keeper and then just came in. And I kind of stood in the line then for a second, waiting for someone to come in and then just roll it in. It was probably something they used to do in soccer, but uh, I remember the lads were delighted. We won the game. Principal Pather absolutely killed me after. He said, just the lack of respect he showed, but I kind of didn't realise what I was doing. I just said, sure, I love doing it. Like, sure, that's, you know, I said, I love selling a dummy and I love scoring. Like, so. Um, and is that what football is to you? Like, is it a massive release? Is it? Oh, like, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy what it does for you, football. Like, as in, it's, it's magic. Like, you know, that's, that's the way, that's the only way I could probably describe it. Because, Joe, you go out and you're, Joe, you could be doing anything. Like, I said, like, Joe, I'd be giving out to lads that have probably walked away from panels before because I'm like, you get an opportunity to play inter-county football. It's the, it's the top of your game. And be it top of your game, even the club level, but like, starting at inter-county level, like, it's the top of your game. You get a chance maybe for, if you're lucky, 10 years, maybe longer. Like, why would you throw that opportunity away? Like, then you have a chance to go around and, and show someone what you've what you've been practicing your whole life. Like, why would you walk away now? Like, and like that was probably the big thing for me is like when I go out, I literally see there's a chance to make something happen. Like, and that's probably what I've always been trying to do. And b- people probably give out to me that I'm probably trying to kick the perfect score. Like, but that's the way I've probably visualised it rather than thinking of a hand passing the ball over the bar. Like, I'm I'd back James Dunne writing that and banning that one. But. <laughs> Uh, but, it is a bugbear now. Yeah, but I, you know, that's, that's what it is. Like, it's, the, it's the love of the game. That's, I said, that's why I make probably the decisions I make around football is purely out of just love of playing it, love watching it, love talking about it, yeah. why I'm here today. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know, so it is. It's, it's class. Like. You kind of you have to, to put in that commitment, I presume, Sean. You have to, there has to be an element of love there and obsession. Can you settle uh, a myth for me? Is it, is it true that you took a year out at some stage to just practice your freeze? Or what was that about? <laughs> is that just transition here? You're just not no, that's, school? That's, uh, What's uh, going on here? Well, it's true, but that to take just to practice freeze is a myth. Um, so I was in Chimera school and I didn't do TY. Okay. Kind of plowed straight through. So 
I was only 16 doing my leaving cert, 17 that July after, so I was young, probably too young to go to college to, for the enjoyment part of college, you know, you want to be 18 really to, mm. to, be, to be going out and to be getting in. Um, so I kind of took a year out, was playing minor at the time as well, so it wouldn't have been great trying to commute from Cork down to, to Kerry for training. So um worked a couple of days a week with the parents in the business, flexible hours. Um, so you Were you a professional footballer at 17? Uh, so the pay wasn't great, no. So that, <laughs> that's the part that probably was a professional. But now it was just it, like an unbelievably enjoyable year to be around home, to have loads of time in my hands, to do just do what I enjoy doing. Like this, it's actually hard to beat going down to the field with a bag of balls and just kicking. Like really, that. yeah. There's serious crack and enjoyment in that. Like and yeah. like we used to go down. I suppose from 13, 14 with just the friends, like and just kicking, kicking, kicking. Like you could be there for three or four hours in the summer. Like you might just kick for an hour and lie down in the middle of the field for an hour and chat away and have a few jokes and laugh. Um, but that year was probably the year, you know, where I had more time was playing with the minors and just probably gave gave a year to it, gave everything like and like it was hugely enjoyable time as well, yeah. Yeah. Lads, thanks very much for coming out today and, and coming out to St Vincent's. Uh, we're here because American football is touching down in Dublin and you don't want to miss it. The Aer Lingus College Football Classic will see the Northwestern Wildcats play the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, 27th of August. And it's all in partnership with Visit Dublin. Tickets are available at ticketmaster.ie forward slash touchdown Dublin. I think we're going to try and get you up to it if we can to, to have a look at it that day so we'll, we'll all enjoy it then. But thanks a million, folks. Thank you. And Shane, Sean O'Shea, thank you. Cheers, Cheers lads. Thank you. Cheers.